and looking at uh, the whole area of grace, uh, reinforced it by grace, but we're going to take a little bit of a, a journey, and I must uh, mention that what we will be saying today is, I was really tossing up whether I should do this with kids in the, in the, in the audience, but in the Philippines, um, kids from about one year old are taught this stuff. So if you think it's a little bit too hard for your children, that's fine, um, go out. But uh, you see, we're talking about Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through to 24. Now, a lot of focus is always given to the armor, isn't it? The armor of God in verses you know, 13 onwards. But we very rarely look at the beginning of chapter 6, verses 10, 11, 12, and see why we need that armor. We, we love to be very practical about the armor, and I'll try and be very practical, but I, I really want us to see this morning as we start why we really need the armor of God. You know, why is it? Now, just for some of you who don't know me, I'm, I'm Shane, I'm one of the pastors here. I was in the Philippines for 24 years as a missionary, and we face this regularly, what we're going to talk, start talking about. And uh, I just want to share with you some of the things that uh, we face over there. Is it going to work for me? Not yet, sorry. Not yet, okay. We have a very strong Filipino spiritual world. And some of the things, and, and the worst ones, I haven't put pictures up. But we start off, and, and, and from them, one-year-old, kids are told about the aswang. Now, the aswang is a shapeshifter that eats people's livers and eats unborn babies. Okay, then you've got your, got your diwatas, which we would call our fairies, and they reside in large trees. So if you're in the Philippines and you're a child and you're playing, you don't go near large trees because that's where the fairies live, and they resent humans coming into that area. Then you've got your duendies, and they're little goblins who can uh, bring good or bad fortune depending on how you treat them. And actually, I wasn't going to share this, but I will. When Rennie was young, my wife, Rennie, sorry, I, I was going to ask you about this. <laughs> but when she was young, she was a bit of a wild girl, went up into the hills and played in the forest and all that, and one day she came home with a sore ankle. So they didn't know what was wrong. So the parents took her to the local uh, witch doctor, or Albalario. And he said what, he had, what she had done was she had stepped on a wet duende and he had hit her head with a, with a stick. So they had to go through all this process to get rid of the duende curse. Mananangal. This is a person who can separate from the top and bottom half of their bodies. And they look, fly around at night looking for babies to eat. And they like the heart, the stomach and the liver. The Sarimanok. This is probably the best of them all. Because if you catch this one, you get good fort fortune. No one has seemed to be able to catch one in over 300 years. <laughs> Tikbalang. This is half man and half horse. It travels at night and it rapes women. Now, this is said to be introduced by the Spanish to make sure people stayed inside at nights. And it's become part of uh, Filipino folklore, but not just folklore. They actually believe this. Then you've got the Chanak. Now, the Chanak is a, is a baby who died before baptism. And this is why a lot of Filipinos will get their babies baptized uh, in the Catholic Church before 
uh, they're one year old. You know, normally after a month, they'll try and get them baptized because if it dies, this is how he comes back as. Oh, I didn't put a picture up, sorry, it wasn't very nice. Comes back as a chanak. And what happens with that one is they, they go down into a place holding cell where they call purgatory or limbo. And when he goes down there, it becomes a demon. And then it comes back and it lies in the forest looking like a baby. And when someone comes near it, it changes its forms and eats the person. It's also said that these are the aborted babies who come back to terrify their mothers. Okay, so most of these, are, uh, uh, we look at those and we laugh at them and, and we think, what oh, hell, that's silly, isn't it? But this is real life for Filipinos, faced particularly in the provinces, not so much now in the cities. But they, 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 they're so in fear, and really that's what Satan is all about, isn't it? Fear. Keeping people in fear. And we in the Western world really laugh about it, but I'm, I've got to be honest. When I came back from the Philippines in 2009, I was really amazed at how much people seek spirituality and Satan in this world in, in New Zealand. I mean, I just looked on Netflix, and just what you see on Netflix now, all these programs, Vampire Diaries, The Good Witch, Lucifer, Twilight, The Order, Pokemon. Now, I can give you a lot of talks about Pokemon, but that's, if you want to talk about that, come and see me. The Craft. And I was just sitting there earlier, I was thinking, one of the programs my granddaughter loves to watch, and I'm sure the little kids probably know it better than I do, Shimmer and, Shimmer and Shine. Who knows Shimmer and Shine? Oh, well, that's good. Maybe the parents are doing a good job. <laughs> All this stuff is bringing in satanic uh, craft, which, which doctors... And, and I've got to tell you this. We dealt with a twitch in Te Awamutu here three, four years ago. We would go to this lady's place after her mother, the witch, had been there, and it was just a different spirit. And we had to cast out the spirits again. You see, witchcraft and, and satanic activity is very active today, but because we are Westerners, Satan doesn't attack us straight on, does he? He is subtle about it. He's very subtle about it. We, we find ourselves in, in, in attacks on our morality, but we fail to see who these attacks are, attacks are really coming from. We have these attacks on our marriages, but we fail to see where they're coming from. We have our attacks on, on the, the standards that we, we believe in, but we fail to see where they're coming from. We think our, our battle is amongst you know, uh, the politicians or against people who believe this, but actually, it's not. Jesus told Pilate that the kingdom, his kingdom is not of this world. It is in this world, but is not of this world. It is a spiritual or heavenly kingdom. It is a kingdom at war, and you and I as Christians are part of that war and part of that face, facing that. The battle is between spirits. So we start off looking at the enemy, and if you have your Bibles, open to Ephesians chapter 6, and we're going to read 10, 10, verses 10 to 12 first. It says this, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present 
darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. War is going on. And one of the best ways for Satan to stop us getting involved in this war is to help us not believe in it. Help us think that, uh, oh, it's, you know, it's all the airy-fairy stuff. In fact, I have a lot of people who sort of, when you talk about this, they, Christians, they say, yeah, yeah, but Jesus has won. But it's more than that. And yes, he has won, and we're going to see that later. But when Jesus sent out the 12, what did he see? He saw Satan fall from heaven. Why? Because they were out there doing what? Telling people about Jesus Christ. They were telling people about the gospel, about the good news. When Elisha's servant was afraid, what did he see? What did Elisha see? All these angels surrounding him. It's a spiritual war we're in. And God tells us to be strong. Paul's coming to the close of his epistle here in Ephesians. And he's talked about doctrine. He's talked about theology. He's talked about living a Christian life. He's talked about the relationships. And now he comes to this final bit. He says, be strong in the Lord. Because Paul knew, and if you read his apostles, he knew what, he was, what was going to happen. He knew what was coming. He knew that there was going to be a battle. And if you look at uh, our, our world today, there is a real battle going on. You see, the hosts of Satan, Satan is committed to obstruct us to live for God. His whole focus is to stop you and I being effective for our God. That's why we need this grace, this grace that reinforces us. Because it's all about Satan trying to pull us down. And you say something, the more effective a believer is, the more he stands up for Christ or she stands up for Christ, the more the attacks will come. You know, I really was struggling with this this week because every time I come into this area, there was sort of some sort of, you know, oh, don't say that, Shane, don't do this, you know, I won't be right, you know, it's too, you're not PC. I don't care now. You know, you chuck me out of the church if you like. But the thing is, Satan is real and he's trying to attack us. And God says, be strong in where? In the Lord. We can't do it by ourselves. We have no strength in our own. It is only through God, only through the, the, the defeat of Satan by Jesus Christ on the cross that we can stand. In our own strength, we are no match. We are no match for the devil and what he does. So his first command is to be strong in the Lord. I love, you know, and, and, and we may look at strength and, you know, I used, I used to do the gym. I used to go to the gym. Don't anymore. But, yeah, I know, it stands out. <laughs> well, I used to go there to be strong. But when it comes to a spiritual battle, God doesn't look for our strength. He uses our weakness. Notice what Paul says in, in second, 1 Corinthians. God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. Paul says, in my weakness I am strong, for there Christ excels. And sometimes we try and cover up our weaknesses, and that's the very thing that Satan attacks. We are weak. We come into the Lord and, and be strong in him, dependent on him. You know, it's, a, it's not just good enough to just come in church on Sunday and walk out the door. That's a form of religion. Christianity is saying, I will stay, I will stand, I will be strong with you, Lord, in you. 
for you have defeated the Satan. But he goes on, and in those same verses, he says, he talks about the schemes of the devil. Now, he has many different names, and we could get into that, but we don't need to worry about that. But one of his best schemes is we become ineffective for God. He tries and stops us being effective for God. You know, in the Philippines, it was direct. You know, we come up against it. Uh, you had, had your witch doctors or albularios. You had the witches. You had all these things, your satanic church. You had all this in the Philippines, all direct. You could see it. In New Zealand, we've grown in science and intellect, and we don't believe in those things anymore. So Satan's become more subtle. If you remember back in Ephesians chapter 2, 1 to 3, we saw that there were three enemies we were faced with. The first one was the world. It referred to the system around us that, that caters to the lust of the flesh and the pride of life and, and the lust of the eyes. And, and the world tries to attract us. Tries to attract us with all that it's got, no matter what it is. You know, it wants us to, to follow what the world wants. And, and I think... Warren's words, he said it well. Society apart from God is a simple but accurate definition of the world. Doesn't that explain our world today? Society without God? That's the work of Satan. I was going to show a video, but we didn't have time. But this guy in 1965 predicted this would happen. He said, what if I were, if I were the devil? I would do so many, all these things. And in, 19, in 2020, we see... The increase of, of sin, the increase of pornographic stuff, the increase of gay uh, marriage, the increase of abortion, the increase, and we're looking at euthanasia now. He said this back in 1965, that this is what would happen if we got rid of God. And that's what society is. We can see the world sinking deeper. But is the church sinking, sinking with it? Are we sinking along with it? We can often get upset with all those things that are happening, the full-term abortions, no medical care for survivors of abortion, um, euthanasia, same-sex marriage, all these things, making cannabis illegal. We can, we can get really upset with that. But do you stop and pray against the devil who is behind all that? You know, I'm not against you know, petitions and all that, but I just often think we don't get in and pray about the forces behind it, because we are a Western country. We don't believe in that stuff, but it's real. Satan wants us to fall. The second area he talks about is the flesh. That refers to the old nature. And this is, you know, this is opposed to God's, God's truth. This is how Satan's getting in. This is why we like to rebel against God's word. You know, when God says something, we justify it, say, no, no, that's not what it means. This is why we, we like to, to, to get upset about stuff that people say, because we don't want to hear what God says, really. We only like to hear what God says when it suits us. Yeah, we like that, so we'll hear it. And that's Satan getting in, subtle. He loves making churches ineffective. Churches can get tied up over some... Minor doctrine, spend all their time arguing with one another, spend all their time talking about it, spend all their time meeting about it, spend all their time just focusing on that. Or perhaps the color of the, the church 
and they spend all this time focusing on the colour of the church or what sort of piano you have or, or whatever. And we get so uptight and so upset by it that, that Satan has won because we've stopped loving the lost. We've stopped loving the church. And in that, we have stopped loving God because we've got sidetracked. That's how subtle Satan is. I must admit, it frustrates me more than anything else seeing Christians argue about a point when people are still going to hell. That may be because I, I, I'm an evangelist, I don't know, but I, I just wish that you know, we would see the importance. Satan's whole focus is to bring the world to hell. The church's focus, God's focus is to bring the world to him. And we have been chosen to do that. The schemes of the devil, we have to stand against and be united. And then there's the devil, referring to the accuser. We see this in the fact that we allow Satan in our houses. Now, this was the bit I was going to cut out. Yes, I know this can be a sensitive little bit here, but I'm not going to cut it out. TV. I've got nothing against TV, okay? I love TV, especially when the Chiefs are playing. Not at the moment, but, uh, but they'll win later. But our kids are growing up with Satan in their faces. Parents, do you know what your children are watching? These nice cartoons that promote the devil, witchcraft, yeah, we can say it's, it's, it's uh, just fiction. We can justify it. But are we being careful about what our children are watching? You know, it's, it's interesting. I know, another subject, but Harry Potter. Man, if you want to talk about that, come and see me later. People tell me it's just fiction. You know that there were 10,000 registrations to become witches and warlords after the Harry Potter went out in the UK? You know, these things that we're allowing in our lives... Another one, I think uh, Lyndon covered this, anger. Allowing anger to take over in our, in our relationships, in our family, in our, in our uh, corporate, even within our church. Doesn't the Bible say, don't let Satan get a foothold? And we allow him it. Anger's in the house. Items of idol worship. Now, I know in New Zealand we don't see it as idol worship, and it's a nice thing we've brought back from overseas. You know, in the Philippines, when people became Christians, they would ask us, can you go through our house and look at these things that we've got? And then we'd have a smashing idol time because they didn't want to give them away. They didn't want to um, let other people have them, so we'd smash them and break them all up. Why? Because it's allowing Satan to our house, and we say, oh, it's all, or, or there's nothing wrong with it. But you would be surprised at the hold that Satan has over our house. Because our real war, oops, sorry, our real war is against, not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual forces. The point is, what I'm trying to make here, before we go on to the armor, is this. Don't be sucked in that it's just a physical battle that we're up against. We're in a spiritual battle. The, the elders have called us to prayer on Tuesday night to pray about the vision and, and, and moving ahead. 
Are you going to be involved in that? Are you going to be involved in, in, in standing up against God, uh, against Satan and standing up for God? You know, we're wasting our time fighting people when we ought to be fighting the devil who seeks to control people who oppose the world. In other countries, they're faced with direct persecution. We see that. But he's active here in New Zealand, in Te Awamutu. And that is why we need to be outfitted with the right equipment that he gives us. Fashion event this morning to behold, an almighty fashion event. Who wouldn't want to be sharply dressed on a day like this? I mean, take me for example. Flash jacket, flash boots, European boots from, de from designer shoes from Mavis and Mick, and of course, my Ray White tie. But anyway, there's more to come. We have options here for you, some of you that have got challenged wardrobes, and it does look to me like there might be a few of you that have got that today. But never mind, we have some models that are gonna offer some accessories for you to check out and have a look at. And if you put these on, Take these accessories with you. There's no reason why you won't be dressed for success. So we're going to bring these models out one by one, folks, all for you to have a look at and check out and give you some options for your wardrobe. Is that exciting? Yeah. All right. Now, number one, we have our first model is Jamie, the father of three, all dressed up and no place to go. <laughs> Jamie's outfit is no everyday black tie number. Jamie is featuring the belt of truth, representing a rock-solid worldview. Come in, Jamie! Woo! Now, with this belt in place, the truth about God's purposes in the world becomes amazingly clear. Available in women's sizes as well. Thank you, Jamie. Stand over there, mate. Give him a big hand. Woo! Next up, we have Nigel of Prongia Road, Te Aumudu, who's just in from his vegetable garden and a fashion statement to behold. Nigel sports for us the breastplate of righteousness. Come in, Nigel! Woo! Now, this breastplate of righteousness is a must-have for anyone susceptible to wind, rain, sleet and guilt. Yes, of course, guilt. For this breastplate carries a declaration that what righteousness we have is in God alone. Nigel makes it easy for us to believe that. So if you're out riding around, out in the bush, out in the farm, and feeling some remorse or need forgiveness, be sure to nab your own. Comes in silver, gold, silver and gold, but not plastic. Thank you. Go, Nigel. Woo! Now, have you ever felt a little apprehensive about life? Fearful to take your next steps of faith? Check out these gospel galoshes, feet fitted with a readiness of the gospel. Come in, Hannah! Woo! Look at those galoshes. Our early childhood teacher who makes cakes that taste great and aren't fake like some that are baked, from the renowned International School of Dance, says they feel oh so nice. And now looks forward to wherever God takes her. Although most days Hannah says, there's no place like home, especially during a lockdown. 
Try these on for size when the future looks bleak and your steps get stuck. Thank you, Hannah. Give her a big hand. We all know that bad stuff happens. It happens to everyone. But what about when bad things happen to good people? They pull out the shield of faith. This is guaranteed to ward off aggravated shoppers, harsh criticism, and the general barrage of day-to-day -day life that you cross when you're running a busy and popular supermarket. Come in, Levi! Woo! <laughs> Levi, our big and brave pack-and-save grocery slave, claims that all people of faith need a shield of their own. Just watch as Levi goes to work with the shield and wards off shopping trolleys, screaming babies, and disgruntled shoppers. Go, Levi! Woo! Next up, Susan loves to gallop her horse along the beach. The sun in her face, the wind in her face, and the sun on her back. This can be oh so hard on the hair. What to do to tame those tresses? Susan, our vivacious supermum, is now about to share the secret of her success, the helmet of salvation. Come in, Susan! Woo! This headwear not only covers a multitude of bad hair days after she's been out on the horse, either on the beach or down on the farm, but also provides a sense of security about just where you stand with God. Just ask Susan. Saddle, bridle and riding boots are all sold separately. Thank you, Susan! Lastly, we feature the Sword of the Spirit, a slick, stick-wielding, wonder-working power from the Word of God. Carmen, our school teacher, wants you to know that swords are not just for guys anymore. Come in, Carmen! With this sword, she can utilize the Word of God to keep the class in order, manage her husband, and even control her mum's giggling. It's all a matter of putting it to good use. The power is in the Word, the Word of God. Watch it work for you. Thank you, Carmen. What a fine-looking lineup of models here. Let's see them once more as they parade across the front here. Woo! Give them a big hand, folks. The belt of truth. The breastplate of righteousness. The shoes fitted with readiness. The shield of faith. The helmet of salvation. And the sword of the Spirit. That's it, folks. Enjoy. Woo! Thanks, team done my job for me. The equipment, verses 13 to 17. We won't read those verses. Basically, Noldy's just presented it. But, and I'm not going to say much here because we hear this a lot in church, but there are a few things I want to, want to point out. And the first one is we need the whole armor of God to defeat. We need the whole armor of God to stand up. You know, and another, another thing that really... Um, got me is that we often talk about the armour as a defensive thing. But do you realise the armour was put on when people moved forward? When the, when the Roman soldiers would go out, you didn't sit down in your house with your armour on, you'd put it on and you would move forward. It's not just to sit in the seat and say, well, I've got my armour on. The armour is actually to go forward and attack as well. And it does defend us. 
but it actually works when you're moving forward. You know, if uh, you're sitting around doing nothing, you don't need the armor. If you're a Christian who's just sitting around complacent, complaining, criticizing, compromising, Satan doesn't have to worry about you because we're not moving forward. The whole armor is for a, for, for a Christian who wants to stand up and move forward in his life, in her life. And that's our encouragement here. That's why we have the equipped classes next week starting up. We want Christians to move forward in their lives. We want to be standing up for Christ wherever we are. Therefore, we need the whole armor. Because we want to withstand the evil day. We want to stand firm. And we start off with the belt of truth. Satan is a liar and he is continually trying to, to, to bring lies into our lives. And he might be lying to you today. He might be saying, oh, you know, you're not really a Christian. He might be saying things like, well, you did that. You know, you're not forgiven for that. And these lies are coming in. But, you know, the belt of truth says, no, Christ has forgiven me. Christ has changed me. Christ has given me a new life. But it also calls us to speak the truth in all things. You know, it's interesting how easily people get sucked in to lies. You remember King David? He lied about his sin for over a year. What happened to his life? It just went downhill. All these things happened to him. You know, he, 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 he suffered. And if you read Psalm 51, you'll talk about, he'll talk about his bones being dry and, and crushed because he allowed a lie that what he did was okay. And it wasn't until he repented that he felt the Spirit of God again in his life. You know, is there a lie in our lives that is stopping us from putting on the belt of truth? Let's stand up as Christians with that belt of truth which holds everything else together. And be the Christian who stands out. The breastplate of righteousness. This is about our righteousness in Christ. Our assurance our, that, that God has given us a new place, a new place. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin. So that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That breastplate is God's righteousness. That's what strength, strength is. That's what the strength of the Lord is. You can't change that because God has put it on you. The readiness shoes of the gospel. The sandals that the Romans wore, they had hobnails on. I got a good picture of it, but I couldn't put it up on there, so we'll just stick with what we got. But they had those hobnails on so that when they were in their attack, their feet couldn't slide backwards. No matter what attack came, they wouldn't slide backwards because they were stuck. They had these hobnails on. And when we talk about the, the readiness of the shoes of gospel, the first thing it talks about is the peace that we have in God. Romans chapter eight, sorry, chapter five, uh, verse, verse one. We have been reconciled to God, and this is what the gospel is about. Now, I don't know where you stand in your Christian faith, but the gospel is about that we have been reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. We have come before him and, and, and accepted that we are sinners, and that we repent of that and say, Lord, I want you in my life. And what happens is there is a reconciliation through Jesus Christ with God. And you have that peace. No matter what Satan throws at you, you know you are a Christian. You stand and you say, yes, I have been reconciled with God. 
But the second part is the sharing of the gospel, being ready to share the good news with those around us. That is what we have been called to do, to share with people, to tell others, to show others, to speak out about Jesus Christ. If Satan stops us doing that, then we're allowing many people to miss out on the good news. Remember, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patience towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He has allowed us to be part of his mission. He's allowed us to be part of that, that going forward and telling people about the wonderful news of Jesus Christ. The shield of faith will keep moving. We do not know when the attacks from the devil will come, but we do need to be on our guard through our faith. This isn't faith saying, Lord, I want this. This is saying, Lord, in you I will trust, and no matter what happens, I will trust you. No matter what comes my way. This is a faith that is living. This is a faith that says, no matter what happens to me, I will carry on in God. And that faith extinguishes the dart that, God, that, that the devil throws at us. You know, an interesting fact about these, these shields, and there's a nice shield up there, but the shields that they had, they were actually made to interlock with one another. So when a Roman soldier would go with other guys, they'd lock their shields together, it was like a wall. You know why Paul put that in there? Because we're not alone. You're all brothers, we're all brothers and sisters that stand together. And, and this is the importance of coming out and, and being part of a, a fellowship. And, and I'm going to say this, I've been tossing up, but um, if you're at home, I know this is online and going out, if you're at home, and there's some people with real reasons why they can't be here, but if you're a Christian who believes that you can do Christianity by yourself, then I want to tell you, you can't. The Bible tells us that we need one another to move forward. When you're feeling down, when you're feeling guilt, when you're feeling you've fallen into sin, you need your brother and sister to help you up. Not to criticize, not to judge, but to move you forward as one. And that's what we are here at Te Awamutu Bible Chapel. We are a family who moves together. So if there's things in your lives that you need to get right, see a pastor, see, see a Christian that you know and you trust to sort it out because they will help you keep going, moving forward. The helmet of salvation refers to the control of our mind. It's not enough just to depend on what you hear this, this morning. You need to be in the Word of God daily. You may remember one thing if you walk out of this building, or you may remember nothing. You may remember the, the, the music, which is great. But you need to be in the, in the, in the Word of God every day, having that helmet of salvation on, reminding yourself, I am in God's hands. And the sword of the Spirit... The word of God. This is our weapon. Hebrews 4.12 tells us that this is a double-edged sword. It is what we use to move forward. It is what we use. I remember going to Glow in 1983, and I set a target that every day I'd remember one verse in, in, uh, in Glow. So I, I think I counted up. It was about 300 verses I remembered. I can't remember them all. But it's interesting 
When I'm talking to people about the Lord Jesus Christ, and I know Clive has experienced this, and I know many others experience when you're talking to people, suddenly this verse comes in your head, you don't know where it's come from, and it's the right verse for that person. Why? Because you've been in the Word of God. May I encourage you, if you haven't got a reading plan, a daily bread, a word for today, get something and get into the Word of God. Read it, divulge it, and use it. You see, we need that armor, but more than all that, we need this. We need to pray. We talk about the belt of truth holding all the armor together, but this is what keeps it. Prayer. And often you'll hear in Paul's letters about prayer. And he talks about it in Ephesians over and again. Pray in all times. And as you know, I'm not meaning drive your car with your eyes closed. You don't have to close your eyes to pray. But pray all the time. Pray in the Spirit. Pray with perseverance. We are facing a battle out there as Christians. And we move together as one. And that is... Sorry, I'm I'm really pushing this home. But that is why we're encouraging you to be here on Tuesday night if you can. Because we pray as one. We pray as a unit. We move forward as a unit. We want to see people come to know Jesus. I'm not talking about just growing to or moving to Bible church. I'm talking about people coming to Jesus. That will happen if we as a unit move together. And this is the final thing we have here. We are not occurring. The encouragement. I can call JP my brother because we're one in Christ. I can call Melva my sister because we're one in Christ. And call Graham, my brother, because we're one in Christ. We move ahead unified. We encourage one another when one is down. We help each other up. We don't push them down further. That's what the church is about. That's what Christ intended when he talked about the church becoming a church and being unified. We help one another along. All of us will stumble at some time. All of us will fail at some time. But the church, the family, helps us up to keep going. Ephesians is a book of belief and practice. So can I encourage you to read it again? But this is what I really want to finish on. As Christians, Christ has defeated Satan at the cross. Amen? Amen. Romans 8.31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Come on. If God is for us, exactly. That's our battle cry as we go forth. God is for us. And he is the one that is able to strengthen us and keep us strong and able to keep us standing up, cutting through whatever Satan has thrown at it. It is God. It is not us. Remain strong in the Lord 